1: What's good, internet? It's the 24th of September, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 429. I wrote 24th, mm-hmm. and then left the ST, uh-huh. so we're just gonna roll with it. Cool. I am your host, Rob Zachney. I am joined by Patrick Klopek. I thought you were just
2: continuing the joke from, like, earlier this week's intro. It's like, I'm not gonna give up the 21st of September joke. You can pry <laughs> b- b- it for my cold, dead hands, Rob Zachney. God damn
3: but nothing was funnier than Patrick's reaction to to Rob fucking that one up, though.
2: Oh, it's like my, my favorite. It's my favorite thing. Now that he has to do the intro every single time, uh, it's just there's you know it could go in so many directions. What he will go wrong va- this week? Yeah, he gets so well because he gets so flustered when he does it. It's 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 my favorite. One of my favorite things <laughs> about him.
1: Uh, we're also joined by our producer Ricardo Contreras. Hi. Uh, it, I don't know. Twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. All right. <laughs> the, the dates are so nice. They named it twice, uh, and we're also joined by our friend D'Alasina.
3: You're slowly tailoring it back there. You're gonna to get to Lucina at some point. I just I know it. it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we just if
2: you just start saying it a bunch of different ways, it'll be as as you know. Lucina, as we discussed on Monday, La-cina. it's like if, You can break La-cina. a word in your head if, uh, z- if you
1: want z- to. Z- 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 see, the problem is, <laughs> I just start hearing it all the ways now, and I will. But I'll get there. I will get there. Lucina. <laughs> La Cena? Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay, now
3: this is just feels around to being back in prep school, so stop this.
1: That's oh, no. that's not. That, but unfortunately that will be my mnemonic uh to to get that right. Alright, so we got a stack of games in the A block, and then we're gonna be getting into Lost Judgment in the B block. Uh, D, I know you've been playing a bunch of it, but that's not all you've been playing. Uh, we've all got a stack of games to get into. D, why don't you pick this one up though? It sounds like the other game you've been playing this week uh is inspired by some of our very own content here at Waypoint.
3: No, it wasn't inspired by your very own content. Wow. God damn it. Wow,
1: so <laughs> I have I not
3: actually believe. listened to you talk about S.T.A.L.K.E.R. yet, but yeah, no, I picked up uh, damn. S.T.A.L.K.E.R. Shadow of Chernobyl.
1: Oh. So that's yeah. the mark you're putting down. That's, what yeah, mods that's, did you fire up with it?
3: Um, so I went in. So this is really funny. Um, I'm doing it for a Let's Play and I'm bringing a friend along for each one of the episodes. So it's a little bit slower to roll out because scheduling. But um, so M of Abnormal Mapping went along. We had the first one and we were like, no mods. Just going to go straight in. Take, you know, vanilla stalker. We're like five minutes in. We get to the interaction somatic and it's just like, there are no subtitles. And we go through the menu, <laughs> and there's, we're like, "There's got to be a button to turn on subtitles." There's no button to turn on subtitles, so now we've got one mod, and it is the subtitle <laughs> mod. Wow, which is great because <laughs> it, how like, it starts like, like <laughs> ten minutes after that, we realize we don't really need subtitles because every uh, everything in the game just kind of brings up a dialogue menu, except for this one conversation with this one dude you've run into at the beginning. Just didn't. Oh, the pawn subs. broke. Yeah, but like. He's the only one who doesn't like bring up a big dialogue. Well, it, and it's only for a certain dialogue where he doesn't bring up the big dialogue screen um, where everything is just text. But yeah, so so I'm, I've got the one the one mod and that's it so far.
1: So far. But yeah, we'll see. By, by the end, this, we'll just keep like, like you adding created mods. a fork of the Zone Reclamation project. and is now your like canonical <laughs> stalker.
3: It's a gorgeous game. Holy shit. Like, Isn't it I was I mean like you know, I, I cranked it all the way up because you know, obviously, like you know I have a modern computer, and that one came from what two thousand seven, I think it was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so it was very weird starting the game and like it just being like we're gonna we're gonna easy into this like twelve eighty by seven twenty four uh medium settings. No anti aliasing. I was just like, wow, this wow. looks like dog shit. Is this, is this, <laughs> ma- and then I was like, okay, now we got to crank this up. And then you turn the the maximum, you click maximum settings on that. And it's, there's like, it's still like, no, 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 no. It's 2007. Let's not get carried away. Let's do 2X anisotropical. And it's like, no, no, no. no. Let's crank this all the way up. Come on. Um, but yeah, you crank all that shit up and just even just look well, stock. It looks gorgeous
1: yeah I think and one of the real revelations of clear sky which which came out- r- in real quick succession was that like they were capable of doing a lot more they were just holding back to stay on the prior generation of direct x that's
3: what yeah um, it really seems that way so that makes sense
1: yeah so so like the art the artistic like sensibility of of that game was really fully formed uh from the stall from the start, and I think like the complete mod basically just tried to uh like reverse project what they did in clear sky back into the original game at least that was part of the philosophy of uh of stalker complete but yeah i and i, I have trouble putting my finger on why I, I find it so pretty i'm curious what your take is so far cuz like in some ways like there's very few things i point to that like ah that's a that is a big vista in the way that like an ubisoft game is like please stand in the spot and look out at this thing and then and, and take in these views but there's there is the sense of place, and there is the sense of like wild beauty to to everything, even if what you are looking at is in some ways just sort of everyday for the setting of that game.
3: Well, it's a very you know, it's a very impressionistic take on you know uh, a, a, this this anomalous zone. Um, you know, there's it's it's dirty, it's you know wild, and but there's also like. You know, everything is just like a kind of a, a haze cover. That's like you know, it's it it is it is like a glamour shot of, um, this like you know, kind of wild, you know, uh, like European wilderness. Um, and you can if you like, you can, you get that draw distance up, and you can see just like. All of the trees just dotting the landscape. But then you can also see the anomalies just kind of popping. It's got yeah. this, this, this very, uh, like, there's like an emotional quality to what is happening on the screen at all times. Um, that like I, I'm finding hard to quantify because it's like, it's not, ju- it's, it's, it feels much more alive than a lot of even like you know contemporary games that are having things buzzing around in the background things are buzzing around in the background here but mostly you don't see that because like it's not drawing out that far but like it's it's what is being drawn in and then like there's the the grass and the grass can only you know we're not rendering every single individual blade of grass the way like you know uh, breath of the wild wants to try and things like that so you get this kind of like mid-ground where the depth of field just kind of falls apart not because it's using depth of field the way modern video games use depth of field but because that is what the renderer can support
1: i also think like when you, when you mentioned that you can see the uh, anomalies and such i think something that's so important is early on you start off so weak the the world feels bigger than it is because so much of it is dangerously inaccessible to you at first. Like there's a lot of things that you'll look out and you'll be like, I probably can't go over there. Like you see weird shit happening in the atmosphere. You see wild packs of animals that like probably just more than you can handle right now, or maybe a creature you don't really recognize at all. Uh, You just know it like that's big and I am not. So it will have to wait. But I think a big part of that is just like, it is not a game where, like, from the jump, it's kind of, oh, yeah, go anywhere, explore anywhere. Um, it does a good job of uh, gatekeeping you a little bit, but in ways that it's not like invisible walls. It's more that you were taught very early that, like, you can go over here, sure. Probably more trouble than it's worth. And is- so you tend to, like, have a series of little forays rather than just, like, start going to the next objective.
3: There is a sequence, and I guess it has to be scripted, Um but like, um, where you where kind of it gives you the tooltip for the anomalies, mm-hmm. and there's just this boar that stumbles into an anomaly, and like you see it kind of get like thwomped, and like it's like kind of like this like, it, like when the anomalies do that big like you know yep. kind of ground pound effect, um, and it does that and it does that and then. Boom! it launches it into the fucking sky (laughs) and there's just like you know blood coming out of it and then it's just like that boar is gone (laughs) and it really like you know that's like 20 30 yards outside of like the main like first town yeah and it's just like wow (laughs) and then you try to walk through it and then boom you're dead Uh, you know, I walked a little, I, I kind of figured I learned how to like dodge through the anomaly. So I just kind of sprinted over to the railroads, uh, overpass and ran into like six dudes who were just there with machine guns. And I was like, I'm going to take these fuckers out. No, uh, I eventually did by save scumming my way through it. Like I just like kill one guy, save, kill one guy, save, kill one guy, save and finally made my (laughs) way. Through that encounter after half an hour of just throwing my body into it, um, learning that, those like, you
1: guys were friends.
3: Even, like, just like the, like, you know, just a headshot from a handgun will kill you. Like, the headshot being so lethal, and then just even, like, you know, you can only take like three hits before you're dead.
1: Um, Yeah, I feel like that was a a characteristic of uh, particular, like, shooters from Eastern Europe at that point, which is, like, both the way they feel and just, like, the rules for, like, how combat works. It feels like they all owe a bit more to, like, Counter-Strike or Rainbow Six than they do to, like, other, like, more run-and-gun type shooters. And so there's always, like, the core assumption of, (laughs) of course you can't take an (laughs) AK-47 round to the face. What? No! (laughs) Uh, There was a moment
3: where I got the shotgun. I I got a shotgun and I was just like, oh, fuck yeah, it's on now. And so I just started like, we kept like walking up to this dude, like sprinting, like, you know, hold on the sprint button and just kind of like rock up to him, run out of stamina and like, okay, drop out of sprinting. And then like, I'd go to like fire at him and like, it would just be like game over. And i would be like, I didn't even get one shot off. I'm like, let's try this again. So I like rush at him and like immediately hit the shotgun, do two blasts of the shotgun, and he's just like realized I didn't make it far enough. And then as soon as you realize ah, it's just just out of range, pop, you're
1: gone. <laughs> yep.
3: But I, I, I did definitely did keep like trying to play like I was playing Doom.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and eventually, eventually I I think mean, like honestly I think the place I often get is I end up playing it more like uh the hunter or something like that, where it just turns into a wilderness survival sim, uh, where man is the most dangerous game. Um, so I'm really but curious it, to continue like hearing about your experiences in Stalker. where can people check that out? By the way,
3: they can check it out. Uh, patreon.com slash DL It's a uh, special LP for $5 patrons.
2: All right. Is the, um, right. It was the, cause I've thought about this when I've been looking up, uh, just like the steam pages for when we we're talking through which Docker game to play. And I think it must've been shadow Chernobyl. And it was just like quick save the game um, was like one of the reviews. Um, and so that's maybe wonder about that aspect of the game heading into it. How much of that is uh, like the lived experience of a bunch of players, like the history of, of, of those types of games or if like that was your own, like what what you expect from us when we go into this is it also the kind of thing where hey you should be putting on a t- putting on a timer uh hitting f6 or whatever its equivalent is uh when you're actually playing it because it's just that dangerous if you're going to
1: make any meaningful progress I think my view of this is um there's places where like the difficulty curve doesn't really climb like ascend or descend like gently or sensibly, and so that's just like yeah there's gonna be places where you're like, you know, I think I see what they're going for here, and I respect it, <laughs> but I'm not going to run this again and again until I dance between the raindrops uh and and do this thing like I am going to save scum because otherwise it's not going to be fun. And I think that is, I think there'll be places where you start reflexively doing it because you start to realize like, well, the other thing is this. From my experience, part of it was also, there were parts of that game that did get under my skin in terms of just like panic reaction where like quick save became like, um, almost a, you know, crossing myself in some ways where it's like, okay, that corner was cool. Uh, okay. Still hear something fucked up up ahead. So quick save. <laughs> all right, here I come. Um, I, I don't think the game is like that all the way through. I think there's going to be places where, um, like the, again, like some of these games do tend to unfold you will continue gearing up and getting more and more capable and i think there's a point where if you're playing carefully uh you will outstrip really what the game can even throw at you like later in the game uh at some point i got like the you know second highest tier armor um a bunch of like uh you know chemical and uh elemental resistances and like this ridiculous Enfield rifle with a scope that was like the first really accurate gun I'd had in the game. And it was over for those guys at that point. I was just (laughs) like, okay, we got a third of the game left, but I am now the most dangerous thing in the zone. Uh, So I'm going to walk over this. I think it's just funny that like multiple times in the early game, it throws you into situations that are so sink or swim that like, you're trying to parse them out and control like your fear response and i think it turns into a quick save simulator. Um, well, it's just because games have gotten so far
2: away from that even pc games where like that was pretty intrinsic to pc games even if it wasn't a game that uh required like a quick save and a quick load. I mean, obviously that was like pretty frequent with the shooters, but that was just kind of part of a lot of PC, and i played a lot of like pc games in the early 90s where you are just used to like yeah that's why i remember f6 f7 cuz like that's where my quick load and quick uh quick save was on on the keyboard um but then having played Resident Evil recently you know and watching where like oh here's a game that you know intertwines the save functionality in, into its mechanics um to generate tension um i don't know it's it's just giving me a lot to, to to think about when i wonder about the approach to playing that game when it's when it's really just at the Behest of the player, how frequently they want to tap that button to give them uh, like a, a, a semblance of safety, and it also becomes, you know, what, when do you do a real save and when do you just do a quick save? There's also um, a,
3: there's also a really interesting thing about Stalker is that um, you know at one point I picked up a machine gun. There were like four guys left, and I just picked up like the you know like the AK, and I was just like, oh, it's over for these motherfuckers now. And I was like sitting there tapping through the numbers on my keyboard and I'm like where's the fucking machine gun and like as i'm trying to like you know toggling between like like my, my bolts and like my pistol and my knife and then i'm like where the fuck is the machine gun i realize oh it didn't like auto equip the way modern shooters would oh modern shooters a couple years later you know, you pick up the machine gun. Boom! It's in your inventory. You know, it it is. That's equipped. always on We're, five. That's yeah. just where the machine guns. all yeah, so you, so you have to assign it. You have to assign it to a. You to, have to, to a number. Well, you have like kind of small gun and then big gun slot. It seems like. Oh, okay. And so you have to go in your inventory and right click it, it and equip it and put it in the <laughs> slot, and then it's like, okay, now you can use it. But like. Gotcha. You know, in the middle of a firefight, I was like, okay, I just got to kill one of these guys and get their machine gun, and then it's over for them. And like, Ugh. no, you can't do that because the inventory, of course, doesn't pause time. You have to open it up and you're like times, you know, the game is still going on. And then it's like the interface is like, you know, this very like Fallout 2, you know, early Diablo, like kind of drag and drop, you know, with a grid, with a grid. Yeah. And it's just like, what the even shit am I looking at these? um, It's like so like grotesquely beautiful. I love the shit out of it.
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and I love that stuff too because then you start getting real good at like diving for cover, quickly whipping that interface open, and like respecking mid-fight, uh, and like going back to the battle. Uh, it's it's great stuff. Um, and there's there, there's so much so much to look forward to. Um, I think we're probably going to end up doing Shadow of Chernobyl, and probably I will, I will probably suggest we do Zone Reclamation. Uh, because that is just sort of the minimal tweaks uh, thing. Maybe Patrick, you have a good time with that. and You'd like check out um Call of Pripyat, which is like their their attempt to be like, okay, now it'll be much less structured and we'll do more of a um Far Cry but good uh type approach to. Stop I'm, I'm almost certain the hour or whatever I played years ago was
2: was like what most people recommend. It was like, oh, you and this is let's say eight nine years ago, but like it was you know play Shadow General with the complete mod. Like that was yeah. like the general consensus for a long time. And obviously that has shifted a bench a, a, a bit as uh, com- the
1: complete mod kind of got a little more ambitious and away from uh, just. Uh, that's just true. I, th- I think that person who wrote in though and, and mentioned that the complete mod does also tweak weapon values a little bit to make everything a little tighter. I think that's absolutely true. And like, I think stalker is a game where really good firearms are so rare that like when you find like a really good condition firearm produced like post 1995 or something like that, you're like, Holy shit. This is amazing because everything else is like, has the feeling of like some sort of, um, um, you know, <laughs> sat, sat in a, a rain, like, a leaky cargo container somewhere for, like, ten years before being taken out of storage and used. So, I, like, I think the game is supposed to have this feeling of um, nothing really works. Like, your aim can be good. It doesn't matter because the gun's going to do what it's going to do. Um, and so you constantly have this feeling of uh, have the shot lined up and, like, one round out of five uh, finds its mark. And you're like, well, that's just... That's what I'm working with here. And Complete, I think, does try to make it a little more, like, uh, predictable in the way a lot of uh, shooters were at the time, where, like, you know, if you put Cursor on target, you'll hit target. Uh, So, yeah, we'll probably do Zone Reclamation, and then we might uh, play around with some other stuff. I will probably also be greedily checking out some of those these other mods uh that people have suggested uh people telling us about clear some of the ridiculous uh ongoing efforts to make clear skies faction war uh come to life i'm really curious about uh but yeah i think we gotta we gotta go back to shadow chernobyl especially because ultimately its structure owes a lot to roadside picnic uh directly so we will Hmm. we will check that out um so Patrick, you've also been playing uh some things. It's kind of your nickel where do you want to begin uh
2: it's probably worth like just briefly uh dropping in on the the guardians of the Galaxy game that uh you know was unveiled <laughs> at uh e three uh i think had a pretty mixed reaction um i think partially <laughs> driven by you know i think a pretty understandable uh Hey, this just looks uh, in some ways like a tonal knockoff of the, you know, the MCU movie, like w- regardless of your feelings of that, it can seem a little weird to um, just see that like directly translated into to video game form and also lose the sort of like actors and likenesses along the way. And so I had a chance to play like an hour and a half of the game. It's d- the game's done. It comes out in, in a couple of weeks of of unlike a lot of other games that have have and will get delayed. At least this one seems like it'll probably hit its mark by the, by the end of October. But uh, I mean, the one thing I would touch on um, is just kind of worth noting because I think the combat came across really poorly in that video in which it just looked uh, for people who don't remember, like basically the kind of like the kind <laughs> the comment it looked like in the video, which was, uh, Hey, there's four characters who have very distinct abilities um, you play the boring one who just kind of has two crummy pistols and the ability to dash around with these boots, uh, and then you tap hot, bu- you know, tap buttons uh, on the controller to watch the cool powers pop off on a cooldown um, from uh, Groot and uh, Rocket and uh, Gamora. Um, and that is that is not untrue. That that is you know more or less like the the combat dynamic uh, when you actually get into Guardians. But the the, the thing I would give it credit for that I found more interesting uh, than the video sort of uh, kind of directly alluded to when they, when they unveiled the game was that uh, what the game starts kind of like pulling apart is that, well, they're going to throw at you a bunch of different weapon or enemy types that specifically are only really going to be triggered or weakened or that you're going to make any meaningful progress on by understanding how those dynamics work. And so sure. Star Lord kind of becomes this like slightly boring cipher for the rest of the character's abilities but it ends up making the game feel like fairly strategic moment to moment in which you are using like star lord to navigate around this battle environment while assigning out the different characters to do different things and that that becomes more interesting once you start getting sub powers for each of the characters so it's not just you're hitting you know a, B, X, Y to assign out one of the characters. It's like, oh, I'm playing up Gamora. And then specifically, I want her to like do some sort of dash instead of uh, something else. And I haven't seen how far that goes in terms of what the game is going to kind of like throw against the player. But it was more challenging than I expected um, in the bit that I played, which is hard to tell. Is it just challenging because they threw me four hours into the game and I didn't get to do a tutorial. Um, that definitely happens with uh, circumstances like this. Um, but one of the things that I did like was the, there's a whole sort of like elemental structure to the enemies as well. So it's like one of the things that's, that's unique to Lord specifically is that he can switch between what's at least in the demo was like, it's like basically just ice bullets. And it's like, okay, well, there are certain enemies who are kind of blue coated and you're going to need to soften them up um, before you can sort of, uh, you know, attack them with the the rest of, of the squad. And they're kind of doing things off on their own. And then there are combinations with sort of environmental things where like certain characters can only interact with certain parts of the environment. I actually just found it like far more engaging moment to moment. There's sort of kind of something, always something for me to do that was unrelated to controlling Star-Lord, where it, it seems to have made up for maybe what some of the potential deficiencies of that character. And like... What would be interesting or not interesting to do if you were just playing as them? Um, or if they were to switch to a model where you were swapping between uh, the characters and more like a, you know, uh X Men was it Alliance? What are the what were those those beat 'em ups called? Um uh I forget the those three of those that they made. The Raven made two of them. They're very good. Um Ultimate also, Alliance. Uh, I think, right? Ultimate, yeah, Ultimate Alliance. Right. Well the, is that the most recent one or were those the ones the original ones that they made? I can't remember.
4: I think it was just Ultimate Alliance four or something, right? Kind okay. Yeah. Oh, the one yeah, the one that
2: was on uh Switch. On Switch yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you I think you're right. So anyway, yeah, that that was kind of my take like all I could really take away from the hour and a half was that if uh if you thought the comedy looked boring, I I don't think I don't think that's true. I don't know this necessarily means it's going to be amazing, but I think there's more to it um that has been shown off in the past and I think kind of speaks to uh how that combat might make a little more sense when you actually kind of get behind a controller. Um, all the still kind of the issues remain where three was the uh, one,
4: four doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: uh, well, well, maybe it will exist in the middle of uh, this this call, Kato. Right. You don't, you don't. Not all of the Nintendo. That's true. Direct has been quote unquote spoiled uh, for for people. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to see uh, more of it. Um, it still feels a little MCU knockoffish in a in a way uh, that is a little weird. Um, but uh, uh, nonetheless, I'm. They, oh, The one uh, little mechanic that was funny is that I don't know if it happens when, you're, when your party is, has been weakened. They do have their own health bars and you have your own health bar. Um, or if it's just randomized, I, I couldn't get a hold on when it happens. But basically, there's kind of like a little puzzle where like the group huddles up and you need to give them a pep talk <laughs> based on their mood and how they feel about the combat encounter. And then if you answer that correctly... You get like, you know, like a, like a temporary boost uh, to like attack and health. And if you screw it up, nothing happens. It's just, you don't, you know, they're kind of bummed at you and uh, then they just go back to, to fighting. But um, it's the kind of thing that could be like a fun wrinkle or like incredibly annoying if it ends up just being sort of a sort of a rep- a repetitive slog. But um, I don't know. I I don't know. After having seen uh, Deathloop, I don't know that I would have said have the Deus Ex team from Idos Montreal Make a beat 'em up. Um, I, you know, would have. I don't know if I would have necessarily wanted uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, uh, you know, cross uh, Deus Ex, but uh, uh, they seem to be doing a, a, a better job than I would have expected, especially relative to uh, Square also pulling the same thing with the Crystal Dynamics team and just saying, "Hey, stop making Tomb Raider games. Go make a Avengers game." And they went, "Well, what if we're not good at it?" Uh, this seems to be a little more competent um even if it's not necessarily in line with what that studio has been known for uh in the past
3: i just don't know the point of guardians of the galaxy in a world where ratchet and clank you know came back and
0: is good
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's fair there's like a lot like if you like these like games that like give this similar sort of vibe um like kind of like action platformy like goofy like Th- there's been a lot of, though, like a lot to like this year and like Ratchet and Clank is like a spectacular one of those. Like it's uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where I think uh, a lot of is going to depend on how, how much do you want to play a knockoff feeling version of these characters that you saw on the screen. Uh, it's it's really hard to tell how much it's going to be supported by what's there on on its own um and that's just like really hard to tell without knowing more of what they're going to do with like kind of the kind of the story but um as it stands like at least the least i can say is the com- at <laughs> least i can say is the combat doesn't seem completely terrible which is a which is a low bar but i, I don't but know that so I came like, out of
1: if you're like kind of a huge relief for that game because like yeah. yeah there was enough decent stuff that they showed that like if you're on board with the guardians the thing that might have kept you back is like that looks like you'd be shitty if the yeah. core loop is not shitty, then there might be something there. But then that does advance it to the next thing of Is the different take on these characters interesting enough to keep me engaged for the length of the game?
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know either. I mean you do get to spend a lot more time with them. Like there's whole sequences on the the, the other part of the demo is like a whole sequence on the ship where you get to, you know, there's a bunch of not quite dialogue trees, but you know, you can learn more uh, about these characters, but I, I, you know, it's hard to do these talk to
1: me guardians to... seem less and sentimental, uh, than the ones in the movies. Like, no, it's the, it's the, exa- it's yeah. the
2: exact, it, it is, it it's is the, it's 100%. The, it's
1: a like Xeroxed gun version of the character. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, uh, and I think that's, that's, that's the, the I, I, I'd be hard pressed to imagine how you would make a guardians game without acknowledging, how they became like enormously popular in pop culture as a result of those of those movies, but I think it falls victim to to the fact that with Spider Man or Wolverine, you know, like with other like popular comic characters, you have a little more license to put your own spin on it, even if it remains f- like fairly close to some core tenets, Just because there there isn't, I think if you, were, I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying they had to make them grim dark or whatever, but like if you were to go too far off of how these characters became popular enough that they wanted to make a multi-million dollar video game in the first place i just think it's like it's like a rock and a heart i don't i don't know that there was a good path out absent um actually like getting those actors involved in yeah the game which of course like marvel probably wouldn't allow because you know they control their storytelling pretty See, tightly, now my brain so. has
3: gone to deus ex guardians of the Galaxies Chris Pratt's head done <laughs> J.C. Denton style. Oh my god. <laughs> that there, that's yeah. the Guardian of the Galaxy. Like, you know, give me OG Deus Ex for Guardians game. i <laughs> will play that.
2: I mean, sure. I, I mean, I, I, you know, again, it's like after having played Deathloop, it would have been nice, even if they had to make a Marvel game because that's where the money was. I kind of wish you could, after having played Deathloop, can't help but wonder, c- couldn't there have been a different IP that could have been given to idos montreal that like allow them to do some first person something or other and they just take advantage like all right fine just cash in on the cultural popularity but like go try and do something interesting with it and i just find it a complete bummer that square has tasked two of their teams with like i don't know don't do the thing you're good at like go figure out how to do something else and it's weird that 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 sucks i don't I, i think that that's 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 a bummer go build new teams to do that stuff who have specialties in that um and uh, I mean, this one might turn out better than the adventures, but I still think it's not a great way to run a studio um, is to say you you staffed up for 10 years to build this type of thing. Go do something else that uses very little of that skill set.
1: Well, I mean, but that's but the, that's the nature of the uh, large publisher system, right, is like ultimately they desperately wish all their developer resources were fungible and could just smoothly be moved on to any project. It might be, you know, it's a widget, right? And just, yeah, we'll make whatever uh, seems most marketable and uh, fashionable at the moment. Uh, But yeah, there are competencies uh, that you can work toward or against. Um, But that's the reality. Um, The funny thing is, I think you'd, you totally make a sweet Marvel Deus Ex thing, right? Like you think about like, sure. Oh yeah. By the end of, by the end of Deus Ex, particularly like the original one, J.C. Denton is a superhero. Like you walk through those levels like a living god. Um, there's nothing to stop you from just leaning, like starting the game there, right, and seeing like what's who crazy powers we can put in. Um, but yeah, and but then you you know, it can be tricky making a stealth immersive sim and having that cool like vibe of like the wacky gang is always with you.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know necessarily how you accomplish that. Maybe Guardians wouldn't be the like yeah. the character or premise to do it. But I don't know. It yeah. just seems. It just seems like there there was maybe another path, and this may turn out like to be like quote unquote just fine. But uh, you know, it's just it's just too bad. I think there were other ways they could have gone about uh, this with this team that you know I don't know ended up with something a little more interesting given given their roots.
1: Uh. Another thing I want to talk about is Sable just came out and uh, Cam reviewed it on the site, uh, liked it quite a bit, uh, painted a very compelling picture of it. But I am curious, uh, Kato, I know you've been digging into it a little bit and you're a few hours in. Um, How are you finding it and how are you responding to the fact that like the way Cam lays it out? This is a game that's kind of about like go out in the world and find your place in it and like kind of dust its hands off from there and you're off
4: um i'm really really enjoying it and part of it is that remember how i was talking about eastward and how it wouldn't like kind of just let Mm -hmm. me play it this game really gets out of your way pretty quickly like there is dialogue obviously but like uh after especially after you finish that tutorial but even within the tutorial it feels like you know it's well it's well paced in that regard so that's very helpful but ultimately i think I'm really digging the the game. For people who don't know, um it's essentially a 3D uh exploration game, platformer, exploration game. Um there's uh no combat. You're doing and interacting with the world mostly through jumping around and interacting with objects in the world. And you begin the game as Sable um and it's the day before your gliding ceremony which or gliding the beginning of your gliding which they don't exa- like explicitly explain but you end up learning is the moment in your um your like uh clan's uh, c- uh coming of age ceremony where you set out onto the world alone. Um, essentially what happens is you're the the clans are nomadic and they move around, so you're left behind at one point um, to find your way in the world and decide what you want to do. Uh, there are, um, the art is amazing. Like um, you know, they like super heavily referencing Mobius, the illustrator um and it just i i played it uncapped on the frames they default to 30 which is weird but what they did is they have that sort of um uh animated on the twos situation that uh into the spider verse has um but that only really applies to the characters so if you uncap the frame rate the characters are still on that kind of jerky motion but the world isn't which actually looks really cool like i really yeah i I actually
2: i I like that (laughs) on the on the xbox it's so the demo came out yeah. and people were like, "Hey, I've got a Series X. Why is, why does it seems like this game could run at 60 and it sounds like they had like for uh like design reasons had thought like, "Oh, 30 would make more sense with what they're what they're doing and the contrast between kind of 30 in the world and a uh-huh. you know, alternative like kind of animation um in in the characters." And but they flipped that off. And so now it's default. There's like not even an option to switch it to 30 on on the Xbox, which is what I'm I'm playing it on. It's just at 60, but I I'm, I'm with you. I I actually find like the split between yeah that to be really cool and uh, uh, frankly amplifies like that difference that they were going for like it it looks all the more stark when like you're running a sable you know across you know the desert and you know what would what, what could look like in in lesser hands um, lesser animators to be like something jerky that's missing things instead it just I don't know it just it just strikes you as different especially yeah. for an artistic like, your character in the world yes, for sure yes
4: um and i'm really enjoying it so far i'm so very early but like the big thing that i love about it is the way that it signals what it's about right like obviously it's like very like openly just saying hey well this is a coming of age story you're gonna go on this you know quest to find yourself but the ways that it kind of like signals that is that uh, in different ways of like both explicit and like implicit where explicitly you're being told to go f- figure out what you want to do with your life in some ways there's like these
1: different Not save the world. It's no. like the
2: game doesn't open
4: this is clearly a like
2: a an environment in which there you, there's like lots of uh, like deserted I don't know spaceships yeah. and other artifacts. Like there it's is a, a a rich history here, but if the game
4: doesn't open with you know like it's a post uh, some it's sort a post post apocalypse. People right. are surviving right. in this world, which actually obviously has technology that is still like working from some other time. But they're it's not like the survival is the the main thrust of, like, any conflict here. Like, they seem to be doing fine. This is just how they live. And it's totally chill. They go around collecting scraps from these giant machines that sometimes you can even start... Uh, there's, like, a little bit where you learn that one of these things was flown recently. Um, you you hear some people, like, on a recent recording in one of the uh, spaceships, like, fixing it and then immediately crashing it again, which is a great <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, that uh, really good. Yeah. And it's just... Um, the big thing here that I really love is that one of the things that, uh, one of the earlier things and the only real like important things you can use the currency in this game for is to buy clothes and different parts for your motorbike, which is a really fun way of like being like, try things on, see what fits. It's like the the whole point of this thing and the, the whole point of trying to figure out who you are can be talked about in so many different ways not just what you want to do but how you want to look like how do you want to feel what you want to the things around you to like look like all like feeds into that creation of an identity and i'd really love that like it's like no there's not like you're not buying upgrades you don't need, there's no health you don't need like to buy potions or whatever like what you're buying is different ways to express yourself through your clothing and through the way that your hover bike looks um and Aside from that, the other things that you're doing are going on quests for different types of th- people. Like, there's cartographers that are obviously are map makers. There's machinists who can hear, like, the, the, the voices of machines that talk to them. And, like, you basically kind of just do their jobs for a bit to see how you enjoy it. And the more you do them, they give you these badges that you can then make a mask out of. And it'll be each kind of, like profession has its own specific mask so it's about um it's kind of about externalizing building and externalizing this new identity for yourself and having the space to do that at whatever pace you want which is kind of a really beautiful like coming of age like ceremony of just like you got time fuck around there's no clocks or limits or anything to you running around and exploring this completely open world um and i'm really really digging that
1: does it what the the thing that I get stuck on when I when I've heard this described though is um and it's, it sounds beautiful It sounds like a beautiful effect they're going for, but it also seems like one of the things they're trying to get at is this notion that um like mastery is not the right word because really it's like the joy of apprenticeship in yeah. some ways right like yeah of learning the rudiments of like a craft, but the thing is of course like a bit like the weird thing is is so often in life like these things are deeply procedural right and mm-hmm. is the growth of like approaching things where everything is a new step and everything almost like hurts your brain as you try to like remember the steps and then like do what like the master people make look effortless and make your own body like perform the gestures right <laughs> and like get right. the use the tools correctly and the thing that like it it sounds like a great thing for a game to try to get at but like part of this is the game's trying to give you the sense of uh you going out in the world and connecting with these with these trades connecting with this work and through that uh knowing yourself a bit better and like in a movie the way that would unfold is the character would end up in a new place with new people build relationships there. There'd probably be a montage or something, but there'd be an actor there doing the work to show and there'd be a soundtrack supporting it where like you, you see the, the growth of these skills. The part that I'm curious about is like, can a game, can Sable like how well can it produce that feeling of yes, my character has taken these early steps of apprenticeship. And that badge at the end does mean something to me in that sense of I too alongside this character have taken these steps. Cause so often like in a game, things are necessarily simplified. Well, and then I guess,
2: and then that like it, along those same lines, given the game, at least for what I can understand and kind of, you know, further in, like given the fact that the, whatever the game's source of conflict is, is like an internal conflict of the character figuring out what they would like their future to be, as opposed to, I need to collect the doodads in order to right. fight the big threat, you know? So then to Rob's point is like, okay, if you're going to remove what most video games, even games that look like this and play like this do, which is have you fighting things working towards some greater threat so that along the way, the player is like learning things and then is applying it towards something at the end, a culmination of their time, time with the game and the skills they've, they've they've accrued. Uh, that is, that is kind of create a high wire act for the game when it takes all those things away and says, we're just chill. We're just here to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what what do you experience during those acts of quote unquote learning? What is it adding up to? And so at the end of the game, when you choose, I think the game sets up like you'll choose a mask at the end and then, and the mask will be like, like kind of like where, you know, uh, what you're going to do, you know, sort of with your future. I don't know if that's actually where the game ends up with mm-hmm. its its conclusion, but you know, what will that feel like and will it feel earned and satisfying when you've removed all sorts of other ways that, you know, games over the years have decided Oh, this is how we extract or provide satisfaction for players when they spend ten, fifteen, twenty hours in this place.
4: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm not quite far enough to like yeah. really get a sense right. of that yet. Right. But I do think speaking to the point of like the way that it's kind of stripped out. I think Cam might have mentioned this in the tweet. I didn't actually read the piece yet, or maybe I just saw no, someone no, 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 else no. mention this about. the way that breath of the wild cams just putting their own pieces up on the website (laughs) uh breath (laughs) uh the way that it like like one of the easiest kind of comparisons to make here is the sense of exploration that you got out of of breath of the wild without all like but you strip out all the combat from it right and you're just left with that sort of um uh exploration being the kind of main joy of the game and i feel like I'm trying to remember if this was a Miyamoto quote, but at a certain point there was—I remember there being—I believe it was Miyamoto, or maybe it was Iwamoto, well, somebody who was work who had worked on Zelda, comparing. Maybe this is even the wrong game to attribute it to, but I remember—I'm trying to remember where this quote came from. Uh, something about trying to capture the idea of, or like the sense of being a kid and like. Hunting for like little animals in your backyard, like like catching lizards and bugs and shit, like that sense of just like there's no point to it. Like you probably let the thing go unless you're an asshole at the end. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> it's just it's like weird. You just exactly it's fun to find things. Out. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like the the that sense of like exploration for the sake of exploration, right? Um, but then like you had the at stakes here of that exploration also needing to lead to some sort of personal ident, like creation of identity right like uh i feel like to me it felt like that i'm getting that sense of that like okay like what is interesting here like what am i as i as sable like what am i gonna build towards does it ultimately matter maybe i'll just explore this wasteland and be fine doing none of it right um and i'll i feel like that's gonna be something that you know the game will answer as i get further in but at least the setup feels very much like i i am i'm in i'm enjoying the way that exploration has been made um like integral to the ability to make create an identity for this character you know like they've done a really good job of just hey fucking go up there see what happens i like finished a quest early on accident (laughs) like uh before i got it from the person who was going to give it to me because the object was there and i thought it looked interesting and i went and interacted with it and i figured out a whole little puzzle thing and then i got to the place and like it was already done which is great like the, the ability to just do it however you want like truly leave it open to full exploration is is really great.
1: Yeah, I do uh I so admire the fact that and and Cam does get the, get to this in his review where like there's points where that gamble, where it's like, hey, go out there and like figure this all out. Like go and see the world. There's points where it does backfire a little bit. Like there's points where you're like, okay, I could really use a signpost here. Like, <laughs> but come on, let's just I've a general I'm... direct, just a general sure. direction. Yeah, doesn't have to I be a big have, arrow in the sky. <laughs> soaked it in. I am now ready for a tour guide. But, but what it's if not that a really small fraction across of the game. Little-
4: Pardon? yeah so what if you just sail across the fucking map and try to get to the edge of it by going straight for like 10 minutes and seeing what you bump into you know like i feel like that's the thing that the game wants you to do and i'm i've well, yeah, fallen right saying, into like, it from the
1: advantage of cam playing a bunch of it like there's right, a point where right. you're like i have now gone in you know, a picked a direction and gone many times and sure. it's starting to get a little bit but th- but I, I admire the risk right where right. like this is not a problem to be solved, probably because it is endemic to the core pleasure they're trying to evoke of like what is out there. The game's not going to tell you. The world isn't going to say, like, go to the question mark on your map. You're just going to have to trust that, like, it's a big world out there and there's stuff out there for yeah. you. And with that comes, like, at some point, probably people will be like, I'm a little bored. Sure. But I, lo- I do it'll love. Be- and you change in your the- major
3: and you take electives in that major instead. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you finally get the call from your dad who's like, look, who do you think's paying for a college? Yeah, right. Stop changing majors and taking electives. <laughs> Buckle down, and take those gen eds and fucking graduate and get a job.
1: Well, this is like Cam did say it was weird that the game ends with you becoming um, a finance worker um but you know i think it's, a, it's an interesting direction and honestly a hopeful one for the post-apocalyptic God. world of sable uh <laughs> nature is healing bankers are coming back jesus um
4: <laughs> i just i do another I, I don't know if i forgot where this was coming in in the conversation but I a thing i wanted to point out too, speaking to that thing that i just said where like i, I did a thing and finished it before the quest got and in some other games you might get like a Hey, a little pop up after you finish the thing, even even if you had done it quote unquote out of out of sequence or whatever. um But I really love that the the interaction of like there they, it will give you arrows if you've talked to someone and they've told you where a thing is, right? Like the only reason you know anything is through communication with other people. There's no like, oh hey, like this was a quest or like there there was something important here outside of the environment. The way the environment tells you there's. You know, a lot of the time when you're out in the world, there is barely, very little, uh, to none UI, to no UI, which I also
1: really enjoy. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, Patrick, can we hold on Kana until next sure. show? All right. All uh, right. We'll take a quick, great break here, and we will start getting into uh, Lost Judgment. In the meantime, you can play Sable right now. It's been pretty well received. You can check out Cam's review uh, on our site, and uh. I- I'd love to circle back this conversation uh, once y'all put a little more time into it and yeah. see how see how your journey of self-discovery is unfolding and whether you still want to be out there uh, <laughs> discovering yourself. Talking about Sable? we talking about my life. Rob, we're getting... Oh, <laughs> huh. that, that After circle Dark already around. came
4: out. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's the work of a lifetime and so is working through our uh, podcast backlog. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a quick break.
0: the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
1: You know what's fitting that we were talking about um, going out in the world and discovering oneself and You know, making that transition from childhood to adulthood. uh, Because if there was one thing that I felt was lacking from Judgment, it was the fact that there wasn't enough high school drama in it. And I am thrilled to report that Lost Judgment uh, just recontextualizes the private eye like crime show into a high school and makes the Yagami Detective Agency uh, integral, both in unraveling scandals in the world of high school, but also being a friend and mentor to the teens. Uh, Dia, you've played Lost Judgment. What do you What's make your of your shift beef with in direction? Mentorship? <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> What's your beef with mentorship?
1: I think it's... Look, I like, if... If kids want to become Private Eyes, then Yagami's the guy for sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think it's a little bit it's it's a bit of a strange conceit for the game. And I'm curious. I'm curious how it did land with you uh, as you played through Lost Judgment. And uh, I mean, there's kind of two things. Like, did you like how this follows up on Judgment? But also, do you like the new setting and the new like issues that the the game is trying to tackle?
3: okay um i think it follows up well on judgment um to a degree uh i'm sick i'm sick of the combat my 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 review for pace like i basically was just like this is this is judgment please take out the fucking brawling because it's boring <laughs> as shit um and i know i am like i'm not alone but i definitely like th- that position is not the majority it would seem. And I just want everyone to know you're all wrong for liking it. Cause it's boring. Um, and so that kept getting in my way of really just like enjoying the mystery and like hanging out at the school and guiding these kids through their problems. Um, I think, I think the character of Yagami is great for this kind of transition. Like, um, he is kind of the like this nerd that is going to end up hanging out at schools and being like, you know, hey, kids, let me teach you about being a detective.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yigami is always forever spinning a chair around and sitting on it backwards. Like he sits on the chair
3: backwards. That is, he is, he is 100%. No, actually, he's not. He's just sitting on the desk like a cool teacher. Oh, yeah. Got that leather jacket. Uh, cool. Yeah. Teach. <laughs> I also, it just, i need him to change his clothes once in a while just
1: <laughs> all the characters all the characters just give them a second outfit please guys
3: uh yeah um, especially like salary with the 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 rumpled white henley and then the the cardigan she just like every time I see her, I'm like, like like, honey, I know you're supposed to just like you're you're just like bookish, but like you just look dirty at this point.
1: Yes, yes, she looks. <laughs> she she looks like, like the banker boxes <laughs> behind her. She does, she looks, uh, especially I because we had is, the glow up in in judgment, where yeah. it's like, surely, surely you liked just having a a nice fitting set of clothes, right? Like it was you cool got, having your hair up a little bit, right? You got to do the
3: the taking her out in this one already, right, Rob? Have you gotten
1: there yet? No, I haven't taken her out.
3: You you get to you get to play dress up with her. Um
1: It was a fun version of the game right up until I left the uh makeup room lighting in judgment and took her out in the game world <laughs> game and I was world. like, "Oh, I fucked up. I fucked up. Sorry, <laughs> honey, we got to go back. We got to mm, <laughs> I, I haven't I went a direction with a blush and it was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah.
3: No, it did. It's, I did that with her, um, her lipstick on this one. And I was just like, whoops. Um, so we're still hammering out. It's the Final Fantasy 14 issue where you look incredible in the character creator. And then every now and then you get those cutscenes where you look like a PlayStation two era ghoul. Yeah. And it's just like, what happened? Like what what part of the like of the of the of the, you know, the uh the engine broke down and created this monstrosity that I'm looking at now. Um but So I yeah, yeah go ahead. Gone. No, I was say, I uh I like Lost Judgment. I think the changes are interesting. I like the fact that Yokohama is getting to like kind of become this new prominent city in the Yakuza, you know, ludic universe. Um, and like, I'm definitely glad, like, you know, it, it seems to be stepping in direction in more progressive directions where I have to be like less concerned about, are you going to have a bunch of heavily armed black American men running through the town that just wanted to like, you know, pick fights and blast, you know, like pop off with their guns every five seconds. Um, which was a big problem for me with like a dragon, uh, and Yokohama. Yeah.
1: It's, I I think like so I'm uh really getting to the meat of like sort of the central case here, and I think there's a few things. Um, one is I do just find, I find the theme of bullying a little bit less compelling than the sort of the, the way they get into. So th- the thing is like in judgment, I kind of enjoyed the fact that you start off dealing with a pretty unremarkable like gangland killing. Yeah. And it turns into a thing that is tied to this like this drug that is connected to a major and growing uh, like social source of social strain, uh, which is sort of an aging population. And a lot of people being pressed into uh, like caretaker relationships uh, for members of their family um, here, like because of the way it opens with the after school special case everything begins to feel a little bit leaden. Like everything now is about like, and now we have a very serious conversation about bullying and your responsibility to stand up and say something when you see it. And I think it makes it a little bit leaden. Um, Not to say it's particularly poorly handled. Like I think I, you know, there's a scene uh, fairly early on where this teacher who has been sort of stonewalling you uh, for a while, uh, uh, Miss Sawa, she like kind of comes clean about the fact that she did know uh, a number of years ago that there was some horrific bullying uh, going on, and she let herself be sort of uh, intimidated. And just sort of swept aside by older senior management types, into not speaking up, not sharing her concerns, not sharing them forcefully enough, Um, and that scene's actually really well handled because like it's it's convincingly rendered in the way that like one small cover up begets another, right? The fact that like the people who brush off the initial complaints then feel the need to justify their decision to brush brush those complaints off when more serious shit emerges. And it continues to snowball from there. And more and more people are sort of rendered complicit in it. But at the same time, like, it's it's kind of one scene after another uh, like that in this game. And to an extent, I don't know. Um, the game is also very eager to give, like, nice, good people uh, a bit of a pass. Like, Sawas story was affecting. I felt bad for her. But also, I'm sitting there and I'm like... I'm sorry you, you should have known you didn't have to do that. <laughs> well, oh you know?
3: yeah. That's that's <laughs> yeah, I
1: was just kind of like I was like mm, maybe you should have just anyway. Maybe Yeah, maybe. I'd like I'm sorry like no, nuke them at court. Are you kidding? <laughs> just just go up there and testify. Fuck them. Yeah.
3: No, they're um there's it's these games are always very weird in because I mean, one, you know, you have the main narrative and the main yes. narrative like for like, you know, it, It, we do need to, we do have like the build and stuff like that. And, you know, eventually it kind of, you know, you have to, we have to spin out of control. We have to get like big and wide scope and like, you know, it, and then like, you know, kind of drill into what's, you know, at the fabric of society. And I don't know that these games are necessarily great at that. Um, But I think they're really good at those moments. The Sawa on the roof of the school is a great moment. And it is bolstered by how well they do facial animations, especially facial animations. Like the animation team across the board is brilliant in this. But they are so good and have only gotten better um, now that they've introduced so much degree of subtlety in the quality of animations, whereas Yakuza is kind of these much larger... Um, you know, impactful momentary vision, you know, uh, facial expressions. But here, you know, Yagami will have an eye twitch. That's just like, that's the only thing that's happened. Just his eye will twitch a little bit and you're just like, aha, yeah, I got what's going on. It's, um, and it's really good. But it also feels like every episode, you know, every, because like every chapter wants to be its own episode. Yeah. And like, it tries to like, one, it has to keep reinforcing it um you know the last episode over and over and over again so one if you play this even within a month it gets kind of tiring yeah. um cramming cramming it into a week i kind of did have to like divorce myself and i was thinking about it like okay a normal human being would not cram like you know 40 hours of judgment into one into one week um but like i th- and but i think by doing that coupled with the just not being deft enough to draw these plots out but also and cover these topics cuz i think they think like you know they 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 are raising interesting points i just don't think they necessarily know how to do it well effectively
1: on, t- on top of that i think part of it is some of what fits together poorly here is that you got actually so they do something really smart which is that they give him a teen detective mentee um, who fucking owns like (laughs) the girl who is the head of the detective club and effectively the only member except for her brother who she bullied into joining. So it can be a club like just terrific. The fact that like, she's a really sharp uh, young investigator uh, and also just a total lit nerd, like totally. It's all after my own heart. But the weird thing is, there are times where it feels like uh, because Yagami is the character you're almost always playing uh, in these games, th- there's places where, like, the thing that makes way more sense for the type of ensemble show that they are turning this into is to break from Yagami's perspective, right? Like, ultimately, the inv- like some of the investigation of the world of children here would probably be better and more convincingly rendered through the eyes of, like, one of these kids. Um and the game's not going to do that. And instead it's going to be like, uh, you know, Yagami <laughs> go and <laughs> go go brace these teen hooligans. Um, now some of that stuff like really works. Like, I, I also like where some of the shittiest bullies you meet early in the game, after you like thoroughly and decisively um wreck their shit and uh like like break their confidence a little bit, the fact that like <laughs> when when Gami covers up for them to keep them out of trouble but he's like and now we're gonna be best friends now aren't we and the menace <laughs> in that and the way they are totally like at that point cowed by him is really well done but there's also times where I feel like the story is like this is a world this is a story that like they want to be writing about stuff happening in the world children and our primary lens on it is a 36 year old private eye
3: yeah, it's, it, it, it is. And like, they do, I, I do, like you mentioned, like the last time you talked about Judgment on the Cod, um, they do, and you know, they try to make, you know, allowances for both how that works and then the ways it creates friction, you know, like, uh, you know, Yagami getting busted with the spy cams and him like being like, well, like, maybe, you know, I can't put the camera in the men in the bathroom of like, you know, the, the school's bathroom, but well, we need to be able to see where where bullying happens, and so like you know at least it just acknowledges the friction there, but it also it doesn't work. And like there are moments where you do duck, you pull out of Yagami.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, and, and I like find those pre- always are cool.
3: And those are cool. And like you know, previous games like you know you did you know bounce between like you know like Yakuza Zero like makes a big use of like bouncing between you know um, Majima and uh, Kiryu and like. I would have loved a version of this game where the detective school stuff, because there's also a lot of like after school special. Um, I don't know if you, how much of you've done of the school yeah. missions, but there is, there's the whole after school special sequence with like basically the dance club and then the other clubs and things like that. And, um, that would have been great just playing as the kids in that place. Like you don't need Yagami for that. Nagami makes, he adds a kind of a quirky, you know, oh, isn't this funny, you know, uh, teen, you know, after school TV show kind of vibe to it. But <laughs> I think the game wants to be more grounded. And so the game mm-hmm. could actually ground itself better by just not doing that. And it would be more emotionally infective um, if well, it did that.
1: Especially because I think thematically so much of this game is about, and I think this is pretty on the money, like, Kids, even well-loved kids who have supportive families who are involved in their kids' lives, children still inhabit a world of their own. And you get a really limited perspective into that world as an adult. And adults who surround a kid all get different small little keyhole views of what's happening uh, in that little, like, world within the world. And that is both one of the things that's really scary about being an adult, being a parent, uh, is that you do realize that, like, there is a point where I knew everything uh, that was happening in this little creature's life, and suddenly you kind of don't. There's, there's huge parts of it that are basically, like, in the fog of war, um, and you just have to trust that, like, if something is serious that's going on that I need to get involved in, I will somehow know and divine that. And the horror is, you know, well, what if you don't? Like, what if you miss it? What if they don't, like, what if your kid doesn't tell you? Um, and the flip side of that is a kid, it's scary because you can feel that exactly that isolated. That, like, you go out of the world of the home and the family where you're cared for and where you're confident and everything, and you enter a world that is really hostile to you. Um, and it can feel, like, profoundly alienating and so that that experience of like this notion that like uh, even kids with like everything going for them still once they're out there in this world world of children it can be terrifying on both sides of the the age divide that's what makes this story kind of compelling but it would be better illustrated in this game if like you inhabited that world of children as a child
3: no like one of the things i was thinking about like kind of now like going back and like you know cleaning up some of the the side stuff that i just didn't get around to before review um there is a there is a world where we we get a, a a franchise like this that doesn't stick to just being through the eyes of 30 year olds and i think those are much more interesting games at this point um you know like one of the things like that i, I think i said in my, my review is that this is judgment still is trying to be a Yakuza game and not its own thing. Despite the fact that it's adding it, it it, it is, it is like kind of working against itself because at one time it is creating this pastiche world arcade and like, you know, where everything is modal and everything is like gamified and like, there's all these different aspects to it that are just kind of unique. Um, But then at the same time, it's still at the end of the day, You know, you're a 35 year old dude who does martial arts and get involved gets involved in like these crime conspiracies. And like, there's there's a there's a there's a better world out there, a bigger, more expansive, interesting world. That still, you know, we can do these grounded crime stories. And with these really, with like the writing is good. Yes. Like the writing in these games are is good as hell. And I just want it to do more than just. Thirty-five-year-old crime story.
1: Well, and I should be clear. Like the thing is, the fact that it's like its point of view is like thirty and up. I actually it makes it really resonant for me in a lot of yeah. ways. Because I think in a lot, like so many games, are your protagonist is typically somebody just on the cusp or 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 just on the far side of adulthood, where like still very young, still very green, right? And it felt yeah. like it took forever. To get to a point where characters were just like adults, but not necessarily grizzled elders, um, but were just like people that I could see myself in. But the weird thing is for the second outing in Judgment, I'm like, okay, but you're telling a story about kids. And so there's a point where it does become weird that the central POV is a 35-year-old. And that didn't cause dissonance in the first game because ultimately that game is about the dreads that you start to experience as you near 40 as 50 is coming into view and your parents are aging and you're like, yeah, um, what's, how's all this going to go? Um, that's what judgment centers on and it all makes sense, but here it flips to the be like the end of childhood, the beginning of adulthood, and you're still looking at it through this lens. Um, but that, that said, like I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I am curious, like the, the thing that's not coming into view for me. And so, you know, you can give me the broad strokes of it, perhaps, um, right now it's like, there's, there's clearly a conspiracy to like carry out a revenge killing, uh, around a bullying incident some years in the past, but it also feels like this thing is poised to spiral into some massive, like, Citywide murder on the Orient Express type situation where, like, you know, now the, now the local Chinese gangs are weighing in against me and are, like, on the take to try to shut down this investigation. I'm curious, does it convincingly get to the scale of, like, in Judgment, there was a good reason why the entire world, Yakuza and, and PD, turn against you, and it's because you are getting in the way of enormously powerful government and criminal and corporate forces. The same thing seems to be happening here in lost judgment, but I'm like, it's about kids yeah, and like one angry dad. <laughs> so,
3: so yeah, it, it, um, it's mixed. Um, it's not, it's not great, but, um, it's not, it doesn't completely fail at it. Um, it's, this game was a deliberate attempt to kind of scale back and be more focused and grounded. Um, like, you know, and I think to some degree that works, but also there's the kind of like the, Oh, but we have to invoke, you know, the greater society. And in order to do that, we have to make a bigger kind of threat to things. Um, so yeah, you do, it, it does become a, um, kind of, uh, not quite murder on the order express, but like it gets there, but like involving like, you know, uh, A tug of war for the control of the, you know, Kamurocho and uh, Yokohama's underground uh, becomes a big factor in this. Um,
1: Is Like a Dragon where I learn why the Tojo clan has imploded? Yeah. Or does that happen at the end of the Yakuza series?
3: Uh, Yeah. Still a little bit of both. Um, okay. it going yeah. From what I remember, it was it shows up at the end of the Oxy series, and then it's in like a dragon a little bit. Well, too. This is
1: one of the other reasons the brawling's got to fucking go. Is because like on the one hand, they're like, I kind of dig the vibe it's putting down of like, you now live in a transitional period. Like the the yakuza is broken, right? Like this is all like all that all that gangland shit. All that's in the past. All the old orders. All the old rules are are crumbling uh but frankly so is the society that they were the underbelly of and i dig that but at the same time then it's like okay so now what's different is in some parts of town you got chinese gangs roving around in groups of four other parts of town it's ex-yakuza guys roving around in groups of four and then over here it's korean guys like rolling around in groups of four but it's all different trust me uh it's but you know it's it's the reason you're grabbing signboards off the off the pavement and beating the shit out of people the context has completely changed and i'm like it just doesn't make any kind of sense now that i'm navigating this world where there's so many different like random pods of dudes who are well, now you got the the, the
3: the prep school kids that rang around in groups of four uh the, the the bar flies that hang around in groups of four yeah it's, um it's funny because i I, I thought that, you know, um, making, making Yakuza explicitly Dragon's Quest, um, makes sense. Uh, I think like that, that is, that is the right direction for, for the Yakuza franchise because ultimately that game always wanted to be Dragon's Quest anyway. Like, let's be real here. You know, there's so many just RPG elements of that game. Um, just be explicit about it and you get to summon lobsters. Fuck Yeah. (laughs) the your summit still fucking rules. Um, but like, I don't know that I want another game with it. Like, I don't want, I don't want Yagami as a, you know, um, a turn based dragons quest style combat protagonist game either. Um, I, I want, i want something different i don't know what it
1: is i think it wasn't skateboarding i will tell you that
3: dude the skateboarding sucks
1: oh my god he's so slow controls like shit and he can't go anywhere
3: and he keeps the instant you like let back on the 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 thumbstick just a little bit he fucking stops like he kept stop skateboarding for me and i'm like dude you're in the middle of the road why are you doing and i realized i was just like rocking my thumb back just a little bit
1: yep yeah it's... Um, yeah no
3: the skateboarding is terrible and um
1: and that's the thing like honestly this is this is the game where like they put the cab app on the phone and i'm like yep, yep. i am calling a cab like the oh yeah instant that appeared i'm like you know what fuck it i'm not even gonna uh it is cheap and i'm not going to do this anymore i refuse
3: and even if it wasn't cheap it feels like they just keep handing you money so fast and hard that like There's no reason to worry about it. it, I'm just like, I don't care that it costs money. This is just an instant fast travel button. Congratulations,
1: Igami. You You found the basketball club. Here's 50,000 yen. And I'm like, cool, I'll take it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just... uh, I really... I kind of just like want the combat sequences to just go away. I don't think that we need them. Like, the quests give you enough money. The quests give you enough points um, to upgrade your stuff. If they really want battles... um, the The quick time events... Like I was never I never had a really a big problem with quick time events. I know everyone hated QTEs for a while. Um I thought the Yakuza games have always done a good job with them. Judgment has been a tremendous job with them. Uh they always feel pretty natural. Um I like I've, like I love the 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 chase ones. The chase ones yeah. are great. Um but like there's like a couple instances in the combats here where you get the big cinematic cutscene combat and then it kind of breaks down into cinematic with quick time events. And like yeah. Those feel good and fine. And then I get to see, like, the Yakuza animation team make a kick-ass kung fu movie yes.
1: for me. Yeah, the- like, one of the first fights, you get ambushed by um the uh, gang with the white masks at yeah. a uh, nice little restaurant. And there's first of all, there's a great shot of the person you're supposed to meet back to the window while you are fending off an army with so the good. umbrella from one of the outdoor seats. Uh, but two, it's just like, wow, Yagami can move so fast and there's so much comedy in his fighting style in these cutscenes, And then it's like, all right, now you get to be yagami and all that fun stops. St- fun stuff is going to end because you're back to the mashing.
3: And it's really funny because like, so eventually like I was just kind of like, you know, I was like, I need to get to this game. I'm sick of this. I need, I need these combat sequences to end faster. Um, I'm going to put this on like simple and just, just, not have to worry about random encounters ever again. Well, first of all, for some reason, the random encounters still take fucking forever when you do that. Um, but like also what it really does is it does like kind of a half-assed version of Nier's auto battle. Yeah. Where it doesn't look as good. It's not as interesting, but basically it just kind of use like auto like uses like combos for you, just like as you, you just like you can just keep smashing triangle. And it's just like, we'll do combos for you. Don't worry about it. Um and, like, that's when you realize, it's like, oh, like, this is not... Even when I'm doing, like, the cool finishing moves, these aren't as cool. Like, just just give me a quick time yeah. event and make it look cool as hell.
1: Well, especially because, uh, like, the little cases are, are fun and affecting frequently. Like, there's enough content there. Like, yeah. the brawling was there to leaven what could sometimes otherwise be a thin story. But I think the defining quality of judgment is, like... The thing's bursting at the seam with subplots and stories, and yeah. they're uneven, but there's still enough there where, like, you'll have plenty of fun. The brawling is adding nothing uh, at this yeah, point. Plus, there's enough big punch ups that, like, I still get the dramatic Kung Fu movie showdowns. Like, I'm fine with that.
3: Well, you know, the one, the game that I always kind of compassed and compare the Yakuza games with and Judgment with is Shenmue. Yeah. Shenmue does not have constant roving battles in it. It doesn't need to, because you don't actually need to constantly be doing battle in order for your game to justify its existence. And I don't think that the I, I don't think that, that, that the Yakuza franchises have quite figured out that they don't need that combat to justify themselves.
1: No. As soon as they realize that more salary interrogation sequences uh will be their ticket to the Promised Land. Uh, then the better off we'll be. Um, yep. Like, give give her a nice business suit and let her just go to work on making people uncomfortable and staring them down until they blurt things that are incriminating. It's all I want. <sighs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's a lot of judgment. I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm having fun. I think the game could be a little bit less hot for teacher. Um, <laughs> but it's... Like I'm, I'm admiring what it's done, but I, I do think, in weird, weirdly, in light of the fact that they're they're having these those issues around like, uh, re- retaining their lead, it does feel like a game that's also more than ready to sort of transition into. Yeah, this is an ensemble about this entire like set of people surrounding the Igami agency and Gendala office, etc. Um, like so many of the characters could, if they couldn't carry a game the collection of them and their interplay uh, absolutely could. Um, So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, And it sounds like despite your reservations, like you still admire what the series is going for. Oh,
3: I mean like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I gave, I gave judgment a 9.5 because I thought it was a masterful look at uh, how a city operates and how a person can be a part of a city. And also it had like a, just a bang in mystery plot. Yeah. Um, This one, it's got, the mystery plot it stumbles a little bit here and there. It's not quite what I would expect, but I think it it has it where it counts. Um and the city is still marvelous. Like I still love walking around,
1: you know, Kamarocho.
3: Uh I've been walking around Camarocho for like fifteen fucking years. Still love it.
1: I also admire um the most convincingly grimy HVAC systems I have ever seen. Dude, they're in good.
3: The, the the HVACs and the windows
1: just incredible yeah um the the discolored plastic with years of fingerprints uh uh-huh. patinated on it is just uh in like just stunning stuff um it's really, it's right right there really with is. the death loop sandwiches um <laughs> so props to props the to people who are doing hvac installs in uh in lost judgment uh with that shall we take it to some quick emails before we before we call it that's rhetorical. The answer is we're going to take it to some quick emails. Do it, uh, Rob. Just <laughs> open respond. up an email. I believe in you. All right. Uh, so let me go open up my good questions uh, folder. Did oh, you make wow. it now? Who knows? I don't
3: think you've ever reviewed it. Wow, oh, we're applying you- morality to <laughs> systems can- morality to the emails now?
1: No, I good questions, not I want to know what's questions. in the
3: bad questions.
2: I don't give a shit what's in the good <laughs> questions. Rob?
1: there's tons of good questions but there's also a lot of questions that i'm like we really this seems like it will be fun to answer and there's some where it's like i think that's fun for one of us to answer and since it's Mm. not me i don't care (laughs) Uh, oh we learned a lot right now well yes okay so uh was sent in a fun question because i'm curious i'm genuinely curious to hear uh y'all's answers What software do you install first on a fresh machine? As in the software that until it is on your computer, the computer does not feel set up. Hmm. A clean install of Windows, but like, what are you going to be taking care of before bedtime to make sure it is up and running and working on your build?
3: God, I hate to say it. It's fucking Chrome. That sucks.
1: (laughs) That's pretty grim.
3: Yeah, it's fucking grim. But that's, uh, but, you, I can, that's, but
2: that's, I feel like, I feel like that's almost, you can skip that one. Like, that's the thing, it's like, okay, could, what, to get what's to the like, first
3: software you install and, like, what feels, when you, when do you feel complete? Right, because frequently if you want to get to the questions.
2: software that's going to make you feel complete, you might need a browser to begin with. And I guess, I mean, I guess in this case, you know, you could be using Edge because it's installed. <laughs> so you could, skip, you could skip that step. But I feel like Chrome doesn't count. I feel like the spirit of the question is more in line with, like, maybe not with the first thing you do is but the thing that like you have to have for this to feel like this computer is is mine um and i don't i don't know i it's been a long time since i've configured a new yeah computer um i've just had it's the same pc long. for like 10 years
4: also before i had this pc i was on macs and you could very easily transfer shit from like a backup so
2: Right, it's the same with like pho- like phones are my new this, computer, and yeah. those just those just they all it all just I just load it up, it downloads it from there. It is the it's, cloud it's like the same Boom. phone,
4: even though it's a different machine. Yeah,
2: because it was actually kind of I, I remember I used to enjoy the ritual of oh god, it was good. getting a new phone and it it's like it didn't replace it. Di- they didn't replace all that stuff, and you had to like manually download it. And it was like an like a really cleansing opportunity to think about like what are the things that are most important that I need to access <laughs> during the day. And it turns out like it's not these six apps anymore. Yeah. I don't actually need that shit. And like it's very easy to not go through that process unless you're forced to. Um and so I I, I kind of miss that too. I'm sure the the usefulness of just the phone just working is like probably outweighs that. But I do miss that kind of cleansing process of like the home screen of the phone. Because I feel like what Rob is what this question is describing like is happening far more on people's phones than it is on a computer these days. Like this feeling of like, what is the thing that makes me feel like I need to be able to access? Like, I think that day to day moment is minute to minute moment is happening on phones and tablets more than it is on your laptop or like your desktop computer. Actually, I have, I have a real answer. It's VLC.
1: Because that way, (laughs) you know, the
3: night one, I just get in there and I get VLC on it. Okay. And I can just kind of that way when i the next time i come back to really get into making the computer my own and like set finalizing the the build and everything like that that way i've got access to just like mp3s or movies while i'm doing other shit and like vlc is just like it's there i'm like okay cool i can i can load up media now in a way that is comfortable um <laughs> to get to get me through the last little bits of polishing a system
1: I'm curious like you have VLC what's what's your like this ain't home until I'm set up
4: uh it's it's it's, it's the thing is I I, yeah I haven't had enough PCs to have this happen more than once but it yeah yeah, I need that little fucker (laughs) fucking saying shit in the corner of my screen fuck off (laughs) uh it might be horrible, but it's probably Steam and, like, whatever yeah. game I'm currently playing, if I've been playing something.
1: <laughs> and Steam is the only one that I need to install right away. Like, all the other services can probably wait yeah. a day or two, but, like, Steam's got to go on there only so I can stream to, like, the new machine from, like, the, the main rig or something. Um Yeah, I think... Reaper is probably the thing that has to immediately go on a machine just in case, like, you know, we end up having to record off of it. Like, I never want to be in a position of, like, well, (laughs) shit, I didn't install the audio software. I'm an idiot. Uh, So, like, that always goes on there. Um, But, yeah, like, so much is putting in the logins now to your browser and, like, having, I guess that's the other thing, 1Password. Like, going through the ritual of, like, you know okay unlock the secret master vault key and like slowly breaking into my own one password account because it always feels like i am like i've locked myself out of my apartment and i'm going <laughs> into the window when i'm activating one password on a new machine where it's like how does this keep happening where the fuck did i Oh well, yeah
2: where is master that master key? key where did i put that i know I- do i log into the website did i print it out uh i've done both uh but uh yeah no yeah that's that's probably that's a pretty decent answer because like that's that like then begrudgingly installing Authy, um so that i can get you know by my my strong two factors and be annoyed about it but no it's
1: the right thing to do yeah uh so that is that's where i tend to come down oh dia since you're here you're at your battle station right yeah uh and you've been known to game you got I, Steam? I, I, yeah, I got Steam. Can you tell <laughs> yeah. us what your top oh, yeah. five games are in terms of time played? Oh God. Uh
3: let me how do I even find that? <laughs> so you go to your profile. So okay. you click your
2: your username and Steam, you know, on the last tab on on the top row. Okay. Um then uh it should if it doesn't go to all games, um, just under your name, and then sort by playtime. Um, which will be different, different <laughs> to the right a little bit. All right. So, okay, hold on, hold on. So the way this game works is, um, so you've got your top five, you can throw out, uh, you know, if you've got like an EVGA precision or like a, a you know, a tool that has to run maybe uh, necessarily, but uh, give us your, your top five. Don't give us the names, but just start from five, four, three, two, one uh, up to, to the game with the most hours. Give us the hour counts and then you got to give us a second to try and try and
3: guess a few of them. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, wow. This is actually pretty recent stuff. Okay. Skyrim, Dragon's Dogma, Wait, Battle Tech. Oh, we <laughs> need oh. hour counts.
1: We need He's hour spoiled. counts. Oh, hold on.
2: <laughs> all right. So, all right, so, all right, Dragon's so Dogma. Skyrim.
3: <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like staring at this and like, like, what the hell is even going on with my hour counts? I'm just losing my mind. Um, yeah,
1: so your top five games, just okay. read down what the hour counts Just read are. the
3: hour counts. Okay. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. 164, 161, 136,
2: 132, 90. Um, yeah. That's funny. So, okay, so you don't, what's interesting about that is because you don't have frequently what we, well, you know, the small data set, but <laughs> oh, like the yeah, three of us, us three. you have like a big, you have, like you have a big leap where it's like, oh, like a forever game like a game that you've put hundreds and hundreds or in the case of uh, Kato and Dota thousands of, of hours thousand, into almost um,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: don't don't act offended. We'll say, so uh, I mean, the,
3: one of the things is like, I, I didn't have a, a gaming PC until 2020. Right. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was, I was, I was consoles and you're honestly, even like consoles, I was I I kind of jumped onto the like I I left the world of games um in like 2007 and like didn't come back till like 2014, um so so yeah that's where and then all I came back my... on, and then I came back right. on the Vita <laughs> that's where more all my Super
1: Hours are if Skyrim's at the top Morwin's in there somewhere right yeah all right yep. So that four, Number four? Yeah, so we have four I then, feel right? like,
4: I feel like it has to be right.
3: Morrowind is four.
4: Nice. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, something from the Fallout series is in there. No. Mm. Hmm. I feel it's like go look up
2: uh, Diaz YouTube channel. I won't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs>
1: do it uh is there a strategy game in there yes oh so that's what uh, we're missing, right i mean it has to no. be right. what?
3: Mm-hmm. no what <laughs> no uh
1: a paradox game <laughs> <God>. <laughs> no but if you don't know you didn't, then it isn't probably Ah, it uh, is Ta-ha. oh it is ah, okay yeah. um but but it took you a moment to answer so maybe it's not one of the ones i would think of um oh city Skylines. no nope. shit all right what is it BattleTech. Mm. oh yeah that was gonna be my guess but i didn't want to be like rob that's just you projecting wait no so what, of course <laughs> what What have we got we
4: did we have all five now did i, did one I miss one?
1: Oh. right we got skyrim morrowind battle dragon's tech. Dogma. dragon's dogma oh was on and there. morrowind yeah yeah all right wait so we got five, you say morrowind so. twice yeah, I you said more twice. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so there is still one we haven't said yet?
3: Yeah. Okay. Wait, where is it then? If five was uh Battletech. No, it's not five isn't Battletech.
1: Oh, sorry. Battletech was three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. What was number two again? Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma. Okay. So so I
3: just kinda of sitting here amazed that I put that many hours into fucking Skyrim and not even realizing it. <laughs>
1: yeah that's how skyrim goes um all right uh wait hold on hold on hold on is it a souls game yes okay okay so i mean two is it
4: just
3: is it just two no
4: shit okay one
3: yes
1: okay yeah yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) All right, we solved it. We did it <laughs> <laughs> with, the help of, with the help of some spoilers.
4: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we might. Well, have we would, we
2: would have gotten Dragon's Dogma pretty, pretty easily. I, feel I
3: like, would hope I felt so. Confident yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny because it, it if I had said Skyrim, the Skyrim list. would be
4: Damn. yes, like, that would absolutely the Skyrim would have been the thing to trip us up. I think.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I am impressed by the fact that like you, you put your time where your mouth is. You know what I mean? Where, like, your list is like, yeah, those are the of, those are the games that you talk about a lot and play. Whereas my list is like, oh, Rob, you were deluded about who you are as a gamer. Here's your <laughs> actual time played list. And I'm like, but that's not me. And it's like, yes, it is. <laughs> but also, All obviously, right. like,
4: you can't take into account console stuff and...
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. But But, yeah, I i love getting to the bottom of uh of of the of the top fives i mean um, if you look
3: at my console games like it's gonna be drag it's done
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's done, so, it's done. uh i think we will so we're coming up on oh shit okay we're coming up at hour 40 i think for once we'll just call it we don't need to hit two hours wow. we can just call it a day we don't can need to a day. We I don't, can pick up my kids on time look what a what a delight. I have. We're we're out here crushing it. Uh, and you can see us crush it at waypoint.vice.com. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at waypoint. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Uh, you can follow waypoint on Facebook and YouTube at waypoint vice. Uh, Patrick, where can people find you? At Patrick Kluppick. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. And Dia, where should people uh, keep an eye out for your content?
3: at dia Lucina on twitter
1: and here's that patreon one more time
3: oh it's uh patreon.com slash dia Lucina.
1: watch dia play more stalker uh stalktober <laughs> uh has has burst the confines of uh, of uh of waypoint it, everyone is now sharing in the collective celebration of stalktober um, although we're, none of us is going to end up playing the same stalker uh, because that is the miracle of that series uh, our theme music is by bowen the track is miss you off the ep pale machine learn more at waypoint.zone boen that will do it for this week we'll be back next week with more waypoint radio except for me i will be communing with the forests of new england I think Patrick will be discussing "Life Is Strange" with guests next week, and of course, Waypoint listeners, Waypoint Plus listeners, will be able to hear our long-awaited discussion of the Keep. Film Twitter is standing up on the tables, going talk about the Keep, talk about the Keep. (laughs) Finally, finally, we heard you. Uh we 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 launched Waypoint Plus uh so that we could finally bring you the the keep content y'all have been craving <laughs> uh and we are delivering it. Uh you can learn about Waypoint Plus at waypointplus.com. Actually don't just learn about it. Go there, give us money so you can hear that keep content. We do other things too. Uh but for the moment, we're doing the keep uh, as part of our manhunting series. You can also, of course, listen to a Waypoint After Dark uh, we recorded with uh, Austin, and uh, we have some other plans coming up. We're going to be talking about Stalker uh, a lot in the next month, uh, probably on that Waypoint Plus feed. Uh, so there, there's a lot coming. There's, there's a lot there already. Uh, all of it's worth checking out, I hope. Uh, once again, that's WaypointPlus.com. Uh, until next week, fuck capitalism, go home.